if you had a glass of water yeah. and uh, there was in front of you a Muslim man mm -hmm. and you have another person, you know, who has a child with him and this person is an atheist, who would you give it to? The Imam, he said that you give it to the child, you give it to the child, you give it to the child. He reiterated that and then he said his words, humanity first. My dear brother, Sermet. Father, Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a big, big honor. So today we want to talk about a really important uh, topic, and that is the da'wah, the message uh, of Imam al-Mahdi So uh, we're obviously proclaiming to the world that the 12th Imam, Imam al-Mahdi, the Imam of the time, the one whom in this day and age, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi had, had meant when he said, whoever dies and doesn't know the Imam of their time has died the death of ignorance. Mm -hmm. The Imam of the time, Imam al-Mahdi, Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari mm -hmm. the 12th successor to the Prophet Muhammad. Mm -hmm. um, we proclaim that he is here and we're giving glad tidings and have been uh, for many years and that he obviously he has a message and people ask about uh, that message and I think that um, you know you coming from uh, a background where uh, your parents are Iraqi and you have uh, you have uh, interestingly enough uh, a parent that w comes from a Sunni background yes. and one that comes also from a Shia background. Yes. So you're really familiar uh, with this idea of Imam al-Mahdi in both Sunni traditions and Shia traditions, right? And I think that the first thing that pops up in the minds of people when they're talking about uh, Imam al-Mahdi is this man that's going to appear on a horse and he has a sword and he's uh, killing people, bidabbah fin nas and all of this, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, he, you know, like he's apparently to come at a time when the world is in total turmoil and chaos and he just cleans it through, obviously, the via the sword. So the world comes out cleansed and there's no real understanding of how that happens other than, like you said, this idea or image of him on a sword, on a horse with a sword and so on. Yeah, it's a bit over-dramatized, I guess. Yeah, it is over-dramatized and, and it is, um, I think, to a very big degree, um, incorrect. Yeah. When you actually uh, look at the narrations of uh, Muhammad and the family of Muhammad, uh, you'll find that uh, some narrations state that the that the matter, the the state, is pushed towards the twelfth Imam. You know, like a bride is pushed towards her groom, mm -hmm. and that he uh, rises uh, to the seat of power or the throne um, of the state without shedding a single drop of blood, yeah. okay? Um, you do have also uh, narrations uh, that speak about uh, nations that uh, make revolutions in order to join the state of uh, Imam al-Mahdi You also 
have narrations where entire nations or state they they fall to the army of the imam and they uh, pledge allegiance to him join into his state his state expands that these neighboring countries will become a part of that but due to miraculous reasons right not due to the fact that he is um, spreading the religion uh, in an isis styled uh, way mm-hmm. or uh, by force uh, much like the uh, muslim religion began to spread during the time of uh, Abu Bakr and especially Omar ibn Khattab. Um, you have narrations that mention that there, there, there'll be other countries that will see the companions in army, a battalion of the imam, all of them are actually walking on water and then they say to themselves well if this is if this is how his companions are then what is he like and then the city opens up and falls to the hands of uh, the army of the imam uh, much like the city of Jericho uh, fell, uh, you know, at the at the horn, at the blowing of the horns by the Israelites, uh, you know, in the in the time of Joshua, son of Nun. Um, Imam al-Mahdi salam, uh, there are narrations that state that there are physical struggles, uh, that there are battles that take place. But when you really hone in on these uh, narrations, you'll always find that it is, for example, uh, narrations that are stating that between the Imam and between the Romans, for example, there's a peace treaty, but then the Romans, they break that peace treaty and they're the ones that are aggressing you also find in the narrations that uh, imam al-mahdi and his companions uh, they never um you know have any sort of violent tendencies um you know or or uh, military type operations or actions that are they're really focused just on uh, dawah work calling uh, the yeah. people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until uh, there's a character called uh, An-Nafs Zakiya. And, and this An-Nafs Zakiya, this pure soul uh, who's innocent, he is slaughtered. And the assumption also is that this slaughtering of the pure soul happens after uh, many of the Ansar had already been uh, imprisoned or killed or oppressed uh, over the course of a uh, long time period. And so then the Ansar act in self-defense and that's where you get some of these uh, narrations that mention um, that there are uh, battles that are taking place there's also uh, enemies that in the narrations that are mentioned like for example the army that gets swallowed by the earth uh, this army it the 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 ansar of the imam they're not doing anything uh, they're just preaching and then this whole entire army goes forward to uh, kind of uh, oppress them or go out against them yeah, because they have doubts that they're trying to, uh, you know, stir up uh, or their, their message. They don't like the message of the imam. And so God causes the earth to uh, swallow them. And and so uh, these types of miraculous things causes people to enter into the dawah without there uh, being any sort of bloodshed. And I think that uh, this is important for uh, the people to take note of. Uh, there's also narrations of uh, large numbers of Jews and, and people of other religions that end up falling into the dawah 
pledging allegiance uh, to the imam, becoming a part of his uh, state uh, after he pulls forward uh, certain relics and treasures um, that they recognize uh, as being theirs. Uh, for example, like the Ark of the Covenant or um, a certain old manuscripts, uh, you know, or relics that belong to the prophets and the messengers uh, like the the staff of Moses the rod of Aaron or the ring of Solomon or other uh, relics of this sort and so um, the Imam al-Mahdi salam, his message that we are proclaiming in this time is one of peace yeah. uh, it's a reminder to humanity one of the uh, interesting uh, things that people should take note of is that when Ahmed al-Hassan was describing uh, this call, the call of the Imam al-Mahdi, he used two words, you know, mm -hmm. and those two words to describe the call was humanity first. Yeah. It is a message of peace. Imam al-Mahdi is not even coming in this day and age in order that he spreads the religion uh, of Islam. This is not his uh, mission, uh, by the way. He is a successor of the Prophet Muhammad. Of course, uh, he has a, uh, a firm knowing belief uh, yaqeen, certitude um, in the fact that the Prophet Muhammad was a true prophet and that the religion of Islam in its true original form mm -hmm. is the religion of God and the religion of all of the um, uh, prophets and messengers. But in the narrations and according to his own statements today in this day and age, um, Imam al-Mahdi does not prohibit other people from practicing their own religions he has he, he believes in 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 absolute religious freedom mm -hmm. and this is something which is also made very clear in the narrations of muhammad and the family of muhammad because they state that the qa'im uh, or imam al-mahdi it's it's you know whether it's imam al-mahdi whether it's the qa'im whether it's the yamani or whether it's any of the other mahdis they are all um you you know, together and they're all part, uh, they all go under the umbrella of this uh, divine just state and they are all working by the command of uh, Imam al-Mahdi And so uh, it doesn't really matter who the character is that's mentioned in the narrations, but uh, because at the end of the day, it goes back to the thought and the message of the 12th Imam, uh, Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari and his, his command. And uh, the 12th Imam, who is actually the Prophet Muhammad in his reincarnation or in his return, um, it's, it's, you know, he, he rules the people in the divine just state by their own books. So his message is the message of the supremacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All right? And we're going to get into that because that's really important, sir, man. Yes, of course. Um, but he, the method by which he rules and implements the rulership of God and the supremacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the supremacy of God, is not by the Islamic Sharia, but yeah. rather by ruling over each people according to their own beliefs or according to their own books. And that's why you have the narrations mentioning that the Qa'im rules over and judges 
the Jews by what they have, which is the Torah, and he rules the Christians by the Bible or the Gospels, and he rules the Muslims by the Quran, and he rules every group of people according to their own book and that which they profess in and that which they confess. So Imam al-Mahdi, he basically... He doesn't need to spread the religion or the truth yeah. by the sword because uh, the truth should shine bright enough and have enough evidence, yeah. um, you know, to stand on its own feet. Yes, sir. Uh, so any message that has to be propagated uh, by the sword, uh, you know, or by violent means, uh, you know, or oppressive means is definitely not the truth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, for, that's one of the reasons that also in the jurisprudence, uh, and, and in the narrations of the Ahl al-Bayt, one of the things that the Mahdi does or the Qa'im does is abolish the jizya. Uh, the jizya was this uh, tax that was imposed on non-Muslims uh, during the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and in the, in the time period after that. So basically it was like the, the Muslims, they established a state and uh, in order to protect the the non-Muslims that are living under them, you know, uh, they had to pay extra taxes. So the Christians and the Jews in that time, the Mandaeans, the followers of the Abrahamic tradition, uh, they they either they had one of two choices: either convert to Islam, and then they didn't have to pay these high taxes, or they practice their own faith, remain Jewish, remain Christian, uh, remain Mandaean, uh, but then they're going to have to pay uh, this enormous amount of taxes. And so the Mahdi abolishes that. That's no longer in existence. Uh, all people, you know, contribute in the same way to the divine just state, no matter what it is that your uh, religion is. And uh, you can live with other members of your faith. And uh, if you break a law, then you are only judged by the the penalties that are mentioned in your book that you profess, that you proclaim. Yeah. So if you're if you're a Jew and you break the law, it doesn't make sense in the divine just state. It doesn't make sense to Imam al-Mahdi that he would uh, basically like impose the Muhammadan penalty upon upon him. Or if you're sure. a Christian, you wouldn't you wouldn't impose the Jewish penalty on that Christian. No, mm-hmm. you would go back to the words of Christ and you would judge the Christian by his own book and you would judge the Jew by his own book and what it is that he believes in and every person like like that. And as such, the Buddhist, as such, the Hindu, um, you know, all traditions, all people will have the ability to practice and believe in whatever it is that they want to believe in because there is no forcing when it comes to religion. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the implementation of the jurisprudence and how every people will be judged um, by their own book. Mm-hmm. This is, in effect, the rule of the supremacy of God. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we believe, and Imam Mahdi proclaims that the laws that were given to Moses and the book, the Torah, the the Hebrew Bible, the laws that were given to Jesus, the Gospels, the laws that were given to Muhammad, the jurisprudence that was given to Muhammad, the Quran, that all of them are legitimate religions, books, and messages, jurisprudence, laws that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It wasn't invented by man. Yeah. And for that reason, 
upholding these laws would be the upholding of the uh, of the supremacy of God, mm-hmm. of the rule of God um, in the land. And we believe also that the most of the religious community, whether they're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, all of these people are good people mm-hmm. that um, that they have one desire. Uh, you know, that the members of these religions, they have one desire, really, you know, and that is at the end of the day to um, live by to live a good life in the way that God wants them to live. Right. Generally, yeah. Yeah. And we believe that God, um, you know, had a message that you can see in all of their books and, and on the tongues of all of their prophets and messengers. Sure. And that message was humanity first. You know, that's the reason why. God establishes communication with these prophets and with these people. Uh, If you go to the Jewish people, if you go to a synagogue, if you talk to uh, rabbis, uh, you know, and you can even see it in their speeches, what do they say? They say that they believe that they are God's chosen people. But what is the purpose of them being God's chosen people? Yeah, uh, to be a beacon of light for the rest of the world, right? To establish this kind of justice on the earth and to shine for humanity and to guide humanity and to help humanity. And so the whole purpose of the Israelites, the whole purpose of the, uh, uh, of the Jewish people being God's chosen people is that they were chosen in order to, according to their beliefs, in order that they help the rest of the world, right? Yeah, bring, yeah. bring God's message to them yeah. and bring yeah. these people um, to God. Yeah. Uh, you, you look into the Gospels, what do you find? You find that Jesus is always putting, Jesus Christ is always putting other people first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of like the culmination of the message of Jesus, yeah. is it not? For sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Jesus, um, you know, says that the in one part of the Gospels that the greatest thing that a man can do is to give up his own life, you know, for those whom he loves, right? Yeah. Um, Jesus, uh, in other parts of the Gospel, he basically makes statements that mean that if somebody asks you, you know, for the jacket on your back that you give them your shirt too, right? Or yeah. if somebody slaps yeah. you on one cheek that you give them the yeah. other cheek, yeah. right? So even if it causes harm to your own self that a person is supposed to uh, put that other person, you know, ahead of them. You know, he says even that there's no reward in just loving those people that love you, but yeah. rather he commands us to love even our own enemies. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what does that mean? That means he's 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 not saying my followers first. He's not saying the the Israelites first. He's not saying the people of my town first. He's not saying America first. What is he saying? He's saying humanity first. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And the Prophet Muhammad, you look in his message, what was his message all about? It was about saying that the black man is the same as the white man and the Chinese man is the same as the Arab man, that there's no difference between God's children. And except in God consciousness, except in taqwa or, or, you know, uh, being, being God fearing, uh, being God conscious. 
wanting for your brother what you want for yourself as exactly well. wanting for your brother what you want for yourself and mm. and uh, Ahmed Hassan one day he uh, posed this question to uh, his followers he said he said if you were you know if you were standing and you had a glass of water yeah. and you had only one glass of water okay and uh, there was in front of you a Muslim man okay who uh, wears the kalabaya he uses the miswak mm-hmm. he follows all of the sunnah he's he's a reciter and memorizer of the quran you know he's a brother in faith mm-hmm. and you have another person you know who has a child with him and this person is an atheist right and he's 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 asking for a glass of water who would you give it to some people of the ansar they said we'd give it to the muslim mm-hmm. And others, they said, we would give it to uh, the child because he's a child, you know, and, and, and the child is, you know, he's still not an adult. He hasn't disbelieved in God. And they started uh, giving these responses that kind of indicated that the correct answer would be to prefer the person who believes in God over the person who disbelieves in God. And the imam, he said that, you know, you give it to the child, you give it to the child, you give it to the child. He reiterated that. And then he said his words, which is humanity first. You be a human being. You were a human being before you became a member of a particular faith. That's what you must be anyway in order to be qualified to be a member of any faith. And any faith, any message that came down to humanity, its purpose was to make people uh, into true human beings and to... uh, um, you know, give them those directions, those that guidance, which which causes a person to be, um, you know, to hold himself to a much higher uh, moral standard that only human beings would hold themselves to, and that's what distinguishes, uh, you know, us from the rest of the creatures, the animals yeah. that are on the on the planet. Yeah, yeah, it's totally like rational and um lacking in the world today really so yeah it makes total sense people have this attitude of taking no matter what um and not giving you know and it's barbaric really it but, is barbaric yeah. and and if you if you reflect on like the 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 state of the world today that's why imam mahdi salam has come because the world mm-hmm. has reached such a degree um you know of tyranny and oppression that it's yeah. unbearable you have uh, you know, uh, you know, a small percentage, you know, uh, of individuals uh, that, uh, you know, own like 90 percent, you have like 10 percent of the world's population owning 90 percent of its resources. You have 90 percent of the world's population scrambling and running in a loop. Uh, like a guinea pig runs in its wheel uh, in order that they compete with one another to, uh, you know, over that remaining uh, 10%. Uh, uh, You have have, uh, food that is being wasted. We're talking about tons and tons and hundreds of thousands of tons of good food that instead of being donated to the poor, 
on a daily, a monthly basis ends up going to waste because they want to write it off, uh, you know, and not get taxed for it. And if you give it to the poor people, the government considers that this was uh, something which is taxable instead of something which is tax deductible. And so the businesses, in order that they make more profit and they don't have to pay more money, they end up, and, and not just the restaurants, but also the uh, supermarkets, you know, if you walk into any of these supermarkets, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, Meyer, Kroger, Asda, uh, you know, uh, Little, any of these uh, big chains, these supermarkets, what, what takes place behind the scenes? They have, um, you know, in the back area of their supermarket, they have this, this waste uh, place and the waste place is uh, where they place not only all the the, the products uh, that are expired uh, but they also place in there all the products that are not expired um, but just is not selling and yeah. it literally gets hold off to the to the to the to the trash and they and they write it off as uh, you know a loss so that they are uh, not held liable and and all the meanwhile you have have every single day 25,000 people that are dying of starvation yeah. Yeah. and and uh, do you understand that's that's 25,000 human beings yeah that just need one dollar each to survive to survive yeah, yeah. not die to be filled for that day $25,000 and we have hundreds of millions of dollars we have billions of dollars worth of food um, that is going to waste yeah. uh, for this is um, the opposite of the teachings of the prophets and the messengers this is the opposite of humanity first yeah. this is the epitome of me first my country first my me as an individual first mm. and uh imam al-mahdi uh, his message proclaims the opposite mm -hmm. his message is that all the prophets and the messengers that came to tell us that what we should be doing instead of trading with one another instead of uh, seeking to gather gold and silver is to our currency which we should be actively pursuing is to ensure that our brothers and our sisters in humanity have what it is that they need mm -hmm. Imam al-Hussain says that you know uh, a person if he's not your brother in faith then he is still at least your brother in humanity 100% okay yeah. and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he said that whenever you see a poor person a person without the know that somebody has taken more than his share. Sure. Yeah. And so w w what is the prophet trying to say there? The prophet is trying to say that every single person that is born on this planet automatically has a right to uh, receive from the planet everything that he needs to live a decent, fulfilled life life 100%. all of the resources around the planet belong to all the inhabitants of the planet yeah. just like god provides if you look into the torah mm -hmm. you'll find and in the gospels you'll find that jesus and the rest of the prophets they they take note of this fact and they 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 tell their followers do not worry 
about why worry about tomorrow's sustenance? Do you not see that God does not even forget the ants and he doesn't even forget the foxes and he doesn't even forget the birds that are flying in the sky? Each and every one of them, God created them and he took upon himself the responsibility to ensure that their sustenance is available on the planet. So the same thing for sure goes for human beings who are a greater creation than anything else that's creeping or crawling on the face of the on the face of the planet. And yet you have 25,000 people that are dying. And the prophet said that the reason why they're dying is because there's other people that stole the resources and they're dying every single day because of thieves that are existing on the planet. So anybody who has more than their share, more than what they need to survive, these CEOs that have uh, salaries worth, uh, you know, 250 million a year, you know, bonuses of 1 billion a year, uh, uh, you know, salaries of I don't know what, uh, you know, trillion and zillions and, and all these, these crazy numbers while there's people that are, that are dying, that this is a crime, that these people are thieves, these people are, um, you know, should be held accountable uh, for that and that the system and the law legislation that allows for uh, companies and individuals to operate at such a degree um, that 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 itself is a, is something wrong with humanity, and that's a great crime. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I remember while I was growing up, my father used to tell me, um, if you don't get your degree, if you don't qualify in something, then how will you feed yourself? How will you sustain yourself? And this is a man who grew up obviously under Shia Islam, and I my answer was always, look, God provides, and I don't need to worry about that. I just need to worry about what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this always was something in my mind that, you know, I wondered where this came from. But now I understand it's um, a part of the secular ideology, isn't it? Like where we obsess over how we're going to survive, how we're going to gather wealth, how we're going to provide for ourselves, when in reality, as you said, it's already been planned for us, it's already been provided for us the moment we were born. And it's tragic because it's that ideology which drives people to become those CEOs, those um, sort of wealth gatherers that literally live for one thing, and that is to hoard. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're doing. They're taking from the people, like you said, who need it. Now, when we look into religion, Sir Matt, yeah. Uh, and we look at the origin uh, of these uh, these systems that are existing today, uh, we'll find that the Jewish narrations and the Muslim narrations and the Christian narrations are extremely clear mm-hmm. on how it is that it all started. And they're clear also on the fact that this is not how God intended it to be. The narrations mention that there was a time uh, before uh, man's fall that weapons did not exist yeah. and uh, they're very clear on the fact that there are the children of Adam uh, the children of Seth yeah. um, that are human beings and then you have these other children of the devil these children of Cain uh, that are seeking to oppress 
the children of Seth. Mm-hmm. And that they're more uh, focused on building these grand cities, and they are the ones whom are responsible for inventing things like scales and currencies wow. and and trade. And before that, this is not how human beings used to operate. Before that, human beings would operate like a bunch of children that are innocent that would wake up in the garden of God and each one would go do something that they felt uh, they were good at doing in order that they bring happiness and and fulfill the needs of their family members, of their tribe, of their uh, fellow human beings. So you would have like Abel going out and he's tending to his flock. And and why is he tending to his, uh, his flock of sheep, right? Or his herd of sheep, why is he doing that? In order that he uh, bring, uh, you know, the wool, uh, so that uh, Cain, not only Adam and Eve and himself could wear, but also Cain could wear, mm-hmm. right? In order that he brings forward uh, a sheep to be an offering to God, in order that he works the ground or the land, right? You know, as to where uh, you find in the narrations that um, it is the the children of Cain uh, that are inventing and the first ones to to bring into this world things such as weapons uh, it is Cain who was the first one to use an object on the planet to kill another human being it is the children of Cain that build these cities uh, like the city of Enoch and and invent all these types of uh, entertainment to distract people and uh, it became common amongst them to uh, trade and cheat and and uh, you know be focused on uh, gathering money and we find that it is the children of Cain that were in power in the time of Adam and they fill up the earth and they oppress the children of Adam so much so that in the end Noah has no choice but to ask God that the flood comes down and God is forced to uh, wipe out the earth. And we find that there is a repeat of that which is taking place in this day and age. You have now the children of Cain have controlled almost every part of the earth. Yeah. They're going against every single law and commandment that God has brought down. God says in the Quran to people, he says, go forward and travel in the earth. Would they do the exact opposite? They set up borders and they invent things passports. called passports yeah. and they convince you that, you know, you're, well, look, you're not a human being, but you're actually an American or you're, cool. you're, you're a Canadian or you're a Mexican or you're an Egyptian or you're a British citizen or, or, mm. or, or, and they, 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 you know, and in order for you to travel outside, actually, you know what, to get this little thing over here, you need to pay us a certain amount of money and then we're going to give you this passport and it's really just a a a book that gives you the authority to cross into another country um when god had already given humanity and and gave all human beings the right to travel across the entire planet um yeah it's a it's a it's a tragic and very sad uh thing that they have done and they have invented and came up with and amassed and have taxed people in order that they build weapons that are so mighty 
that it can destroy the entire planet, you know, a uh, hundred thousand times over. Yeah, they've essentially commodified human beings. They've turned them into something that can be traded, which is despicable when you think about it. With every control measure that they implement, um, it's literally like driving cattle, isn't it? Like, it is. Um, there's no humanity in it. It's literally just wealth gathering and capitalism at its like worst, really. And um, it's reached this point where it's unbearable. Yeah, and you have like this contrast of, of images here where you have, mm. you know, these tax collectors repenting from their evil deeds in order that they follow Jesus Christ, right? And you find the prophets and messengers condemning Mm -hmm. uh, the tax collector and uh, the Prophet Muhammad, even in 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 the narrations of uh, of him and his family, stating very clearly that there are certain individuals that God will never forgive on the day of judgment. You know, if they if they don't repent and stop doing what they're doing and they die, God will never accept their their repentance. And and from those individuals, he mentioned the police officer, wow, and the judge. And the tax collector. Wow. And those three roles are three fundamental roles in, in upholding the state of the of the tyrant or the um, you know or the oppressor today. The message of Imam al Mahdi is that humanity is first mm -hmm. and that all of the so-called countries and organizations uh, that that exist on the face of the planet today, even though they proclaim uh, humanitarian causes and they proclaim that humanity comes first, but actually their very setup was based on the oppression of human beings and that it was all a trick and and uh, deception and everything that these organizations and these countries and these man-made laws uh, were set up to do was to contradict actually the laws and the teachings of the prophets and the messengers yeah. so the prophets and the messengers they say one thing and the nations are proclaiming that they're followers of these prophets and messengers, that it's a Jewish nation or it's a Christian nation or it's a Muslim nation. But in reality, they are the anti-Islam, anti-Christianity, anti-Judaism. Yeah. And uh, it, it starts, its very foundation is the appointment of a leader, right, uh, a ruler, a prime minister, a president, a king, right? A government that was not appointed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that was not appointed um, by God. And it's it's odd that the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims, like they can't see that. Hmm. They can't see that they were taught in the Quran that God said, I am the one who chooses Adam. I'm the one who makes him a vicegerent in the earth. I'm the one who uh, blows in him of my spirit and he's commanding the angels to prostrate. And initially the angels, they don't know. They're confused. They don't know why they should uh, you know, prostrate. They think that they have a better choice, a better idea. They propose to God, you know, to not create human beings in the earth 
they propose an alternative to be successors to him in the land? Do they say that we're the ones, meaning the angels, we're the ones that obey you? They're not uh, obeying you. They're blood. They're, you know, they're going to spill blood in the land. And God tells them, "Verily, I know that which you don't know." And so, the core idea in Islam is that you don't. You cannot run government based on your own system or your own ideas. You have to submit to the laws of God and to, more importantly, the person whom is appointed, who's chosen uh, by God. And the, they have that in the beginning of Islam. They have the, 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 the idea in Islam that God cho- chose all of the prophets and the messengers. You have verses in the Quran that state that we did not send a single messenger except that he be obeyed. You have Prophet Muhammad sallallahu being God's choice to sit on the, the throne and to be the political leader and the religious leader of the uh, of the nation of Islam and and you also have uh, this 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 narrative that's very clear for Sunnis and Shia that the Muslims are going to go so far away from Islam and they're going to have their own rulers and and they're going to go through these periods where they're going to have their own caliphs and then they're going to have their own kings and they're going to have their own sultans and then people are going to go so far away from Islam that it's going to be unrecognizable and lost and mm-hmm. and there's going to be no guidance that's left in the in the masjids and that the jurisprudence are going to be traitors etc. Etc. And then what happens? And then the Mahdi comes. And they believe, Sunnis and Shia, that the Mahdi is a guy who's appointed by God. And that it's obligatory, at least they agree in that, that it's obligatory to follow and pledge allegiance to this man who is appointed by God. So it starts off with an appointment by God. It continues uh, consistently to be an appointment by God. And then it ends with the appointment by God. So how do Muslims not see this? Same thing in Christianity. What do they think? What did they think? What do Christians think today? What do Americans think or Europeans think? The European Christian, the American Christian who believes in these two contradicting ideas of democracy and also the Bible. How do, do the two come together? It's impossible that they come together because they believed that the Romans were electing and putting into power their own choice. And the Quran and the Torah and the Gospels say, if you follow most of the people in the earth, they would lead you astray. Even Europe's most brilliant minds like Socrates, he thought democracy was a a horrible idea and that it would lead to the destruction of the the entire civilization. And so they, they, they believe that Jesus came and Jesus was this appointed ruler by God, right? Who came into conflict with the choice of the people, yeah, yeah. right? And every step of the way, they're choosing Caesar over Jesus. Mm. They're, choosing, they're choosing the rabbis uh, over Jesus. Mm. They're choosing Baraba over Jesus, right? Mm. They choose the criminal over Jesus. So the human beings are unable to appoint and 
oddly enough, the Christians are waiting for the return of Jesus. In their narrative, it's the same thing like in Islam. The Christians end up going through these phases where it becomes really bad and there's wars and there's punishments on the earth and the Antichrist is sent and I don't know what and all this famine and disease and bad things are taking place. You know, and it necessitates that somebody come and save the day. And it's not democracy, guys, according to the book of Revelation that comes and saves the day and cleans up the mess. It's not. It's not the, de the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's not the communists. It's not the socialists. It's not Trump. It's not, it's not Putin. It's not Biden. It's not Clinton. It, you know no, who it no, is? No, no. It's Jesus Christ. And who's Jesus? Jesus in his second coming is the appointment by God, the appointed one, the successor of God in the land. But the very system is set up to oppose him. Okay? Because, because America and the European nations and the UK, they can only be ruled according to their constitutions by the people that were elected by the people. So unless Jesus is elected by these nations, he can never rule over them. Yes. He would be a terrorist. He would be an enemy of the state if he attempted to rule over them. Do you understand? Yeah. And that's, that's, that is, that's crazy. That's insane. And it's insane that he doesn't even qualify to rule over them. There's nothing in the Constitution that says in the second coming of Christ, you know, we will all submit or hand over the power or that he can ascend to the throne or this is a state that is built for him. But they, they lie. The constitutions and the, and the founding fathers, they lie. What do they say? They say, oh, it's built upon Christian ideals, but it's really not. It's built upon the anti-Christ ideals yeah. um, where the Christ himself has no chance because he's not born. He's not an American citizen. He's not an Italian citizen. He's not a, he's not a, uh, you know, a UK citizen. So how can he ascend to, to power in any of these countries? Was he going to uh, descend from the, from the heavens and then, uh, you know, live as a refugee for a while and then uh, apply for citizenship after, uh, you know, fulfilling his requirement, his residency requirements. And then he's going to, uh, you know, work really hard at a, at a local Tesco or, mm -hmm. or a, a, a local Barnes and Noble or whatever it is that he's going to work at until he uh, saves enough money and convinces enough people to fund his campaign and then he's going to go out there and kind of run against somebody else uh, in a message. How is that possible? That's not possible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like the whole system is designed, like you said, to keep him out. And that's what Imam Mahdi salam is trying to wake people up to yeah. and free us yeah. from. Yeah. And he's saying that it's actually, it's haram mm. to work in any position of power you know, or in any way, shape, or form to work uh, in a system that supports, uh, you know, any of these tyrants yeah. that are ruling over mankind today. Uh, if you are playing a part in that system, you need to remove yourself out of it and declare yourself innocent from it uh, because you are uh, helping uh, 
the oppression of humanity and helping a system stand strong that opposes the laws of God and tells people to do the exact opposite. Um, you know, God says in the Quran, he says, we've made you into nations and tribes in order that you may know one another, right? Yeah. Know one another. Uh, according to the narrations of Muhammad and the family, Muhammad means to uh, multiply with one another, wow. right? So imagine that God is commanding us to be fruitful and multiply for the, the different nations that they come together and they become one family. Yeah. And uh, you got these people over here putting up borders and they're saying that we need to worry about our own kind and our own selves and yeah. to not integrate with other nations and preventing uh, people from traveling on God's green earth. Isn't that isn't that crazy? That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. You have the prophets and the messengers stating that people should only take what they need from God's green earth. Mm -hmm. Anything more than what you need doesn't belong to you. It belongs to other people. And, yeah. and, and, and you have the laws preventing the tax laws, as we previously discussed and everything else preventing, making it impossible that companies and individuals even donate to the poor without facing uh, consequences, uh, uh, you know, of ta unnecessary taxation and all this stuff. So the laws itself are always set up to um, break the laws of God. God's telling us in these books, he's the one who appoints the leader, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 he gets offended, like in the story of of Samuel and 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 the and the appointment of Saul when the Israelites want that God, um, you know, appoint for them a king, mm -hmm. just like the rest of the nations. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want a government like the rest of the nations. And you have over here, people are uh, working night and day, you know, in order to, and they're dying for protecting a system that's going against that, that's prohibiting the appointed one by God from ruling and, uh, you know, going with the, you know, basically propagating the idea that the people should choose for themselves, you know, who it is that they want to rule over them. And the choice of the people always ends up being extremely bad, just like God warned the Israelites. He said, if you guys choose for, you know, if you guys do this, the king's going to come. He's going to tax you guys. He's going to use your, your, your daughters. He's going to use your, your sons. He's going to make them go out into wars. He's going to cause chaos, cause havoc. And we are doing the exact same thing that God warned us not to do. Um, instead of just coming together, instead of having the, 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 the people that are passionate you know, and good at, at hunting, for example, that they go and they move forward in the land and they, and they hunt animals and they bring forward the meat and they give the meat to the hungry and, and that you have other people that are passionate about making clothing and they can sit there and they can make clothing all day and they give the clothing for free to the hunters and the hunters gives them meat for free and both of them clothe and feed the, the, the sick and the poor. All right. Yeah. Um, you have a system that's built upon money and chasing money and gathering money yeah. and idol worship and the rejection of the uh, caliph of God. Uh, we'll leave it there and uh, we will, inshallah, come back together on a uh, future episode. Uh, but 
but that is, uh, you know, the first part of the message of the Mahdi, uh, of Imam al-Mahdi and what it is that we're propagating that humanity comes first and that the systems that are in place and the people that were put into power are traitors that are not working for the benefit of mankind and each and every one of them uh, is preaching the same message that Cain did. Each and every one of them are, um, you know, focusing on amassing weapons and uh, doing the opposite of what God intended this intended for us to be like uh, all the while they are proclaiming to be acting and speaking in the name of these uh, religions when they are the enemies of these religions and uh, that God had a different plan for us and that plan is a is a is a world where mankind can uh, come together for the betterment of each other and uh, you know to help each other um, you know, regardless of their race, regardless of their religion, regardless of their uh, nationality, and that all borders should be broken down, uh, all differences should be put aside, mm-hmm. uh, all people should be free to practice or believe whatever it is that they believe in, and that all of these people, anybody who's born on the planet, should have the fundamental right to live until their death on the planet, having received anything that they need to survive and to live a decent life um, as a son of Adam. Christians, Jews, Muslims, all of them believe that God gave the planet itself to Adam. He made Adam in charge of it, the custodian of it, that God made all of these animals and plants for him and at his service. And so therefore the whole planet and everything that's on it was a gift that God gave to Adam, right? And it was put into place for the sake of Adam. And we are the successors of Adam. Jews, Christians, and Muslims believe that we are the children of Adam. And so every human being that's born on the planet, right, deserves a fair, his fair share or her fair share of the inheritance of their father and to be sustained by the uh, goodness that the earth has to offer. And uh, anybody who seeks to kill another human being, you know, or to propagate wars, Uh, is nothing more than a son of the devil and a son of Cain who is seeking to do the exact same thing that their forefather did. And Jesus pointed this out very beautifully in the Gospels, you know, Mm -hmm. where he's asking the Pharisees, why do you guys want to kill me? You know, you don't listen to me and you want to kill me because you want to do the same like your uh, father before you, Satan, uh, you know, Cain. And, uh, and yeah, so we have the enemies of God in power. And uh, if, if humanity just came together, they would be able to collapse the system by abstaining from participation in it, you yeah. know. And then uh, if we just turn to God's choice, uh, his appointment, if we just accepted at least to come together on the basis of, um, you know, abiding by the principle of humanity first and helping one another, yeah, the world would be a better place. Yeah, if the world was focused on loving humanity rather than loving wealth, a lot of problems would be solved like that. Like that.
Yeah. Well, God bless you so much, and thank, thank you, you for, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for um, allowing me to be a part of this. Um, Inshallah, many more episodes to come. Inshallah.